Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Absolutely, absolutely. Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. As he stated, Stephen A. Smith, I am Rashawn McDonald, and welcome to my show. Our theme today is there is no perfect time to start following your dreams. Because I recognize that we all have different definitions of success for you. It may be the size of your paycheck. Mine really is inspiring you to accomplish your goals and live your very best life. Actually, it's time to stop reading other people's success stories and really start living your own. People always talk about their purpose or gift. If you have a gift, leave with your gift. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My guest on the show today, this one person I'm about to bring up next, is a person who has not allowed those people to get in the way of her dreams. My guest is Sherry Shepard. She's the new queen of daytime talk. Sherry, an NAAC Image Award winning show, won this year outstanding talk show series where she carries her commitment comedic takes on or shares her comedic takes on various topics like Laugh Lounge, Best Life Series, She's a Boss. Fox Television has renewed the number one new nationally syndicated daytime talker for two years through 2024-2025. We're going to be discussing her career. She co-hosted the daytime talk show, as you remember, The View. 
being on Dancing with Stars, Dish Nation, and I cast her way back when on the Jamie Foxx Jamie Fox show as an actress when I was the co-executive producer. Now she's co-hosting something else, if you don't know about this. An NAACP Image Award-winning podcast called Two Funny Mamas with comedian and actress Kim Whitley. They will have an upcoming comedy tour that we'll be talking about called Two Funny Mamas. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, the daytime, the award-winning, the number one queen of talk show, comedian, actress, author, Sherry Shepard. How you doing, Sherry? Rashawn, hi. <laughs> Sherry. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Sherry, Sherry, I was saying so much. I was Sherry gonna say, I'm done. You say everything, Rashawn. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Sherry, you are amazing. Thank you for taking the time to call my show. Oh, you know, we uh, we broadcast live every Tuesday on uh, WCLK in Atlanta, Georgia, and it syndicates nationally on uh, HBCU stations nationwide as well as my podcast. But more importantly, when I get a talent like you who understands that that journey, you know, journey. I mentioned when we first met way back when on the Jamie Foxx show, but it's been a journey. Talk about, let's start now, presently, the excitement that's happening, the podcast, the talk show. How did the talk show come about? Because you were guesting series on it, and then all of a sudden the, the, the talk show was given, it was, you were given the opportunity to do it. Can you walk us through that process emotionally and physically? Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do, have a talk show of my own. This started back 18 years ago. Um, I had actually done a pilot for a talk show for ABC Disney. I did it on the set of Regis and Kelly. And um, <clears throat> and it went, you know what? It was okay. Like, they came and saw me, the Disney people, uh, doing um, stand-up at the Laugh Factory, Rashawn. Mm-hmm. And they liked me, and they did this pilot, and they tried to do a sidekick, and it didn't work. Um, you know, we did chemistry testing with all of the major stars that you hear about now. And it didn't work, so they did it for me by myself. And it was okay. And the reason why it was okay was because they kept coming to me, the executive, saying, we want to see that thing that you do on stage. And I didn't know what that thing was that they were talking about. All I knew was that I was grateful to God for the opportunity. I just wanted to make people laugh. My voice wasn't even as deep. It pretty much was like, hey, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to my talk show. Right, right. It didn't work then 18 years ago because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know really who my audience was. I didn't know, excuse me, what I would do, what I wouldn't do. If you told me to stand on my head, I would have done it as long as it made people laugh. Right. So fast forward, uh, it didn't go, of course. It didn't. And so uh, I got the opportunity. I went back to acting, still having that dream. And I was doing a movie called Who's Your Caddy? And they asked me to co-host on The View, like a guest. Well, I got that job. And, you know, that was like really my training ground for talk shows. I, and in the meantime, I'd done a lot of guests, you know, where I was sitting on the couch and I was a guest. So I right. learned how to do talk shows and what I like from that end. I did The View, got let go, got fired from The View. And... um I went and pitched a talk show. Let me ask you this. Let's, let's talk about that because, you know, I know I've had some dark moments in Hollywood because, you know, cause okay. when it happens in public like that, you know, it's not like working at IBM. It's not like working at the post office at Burger <laughs> King. You know, you just walk home and tell your loved ones you don't have a job. But when it happens in public, right. that really takes a twofold. It takes an ego hit. It takes a personal hit. And then, then you also wonder, are you going to get another shot? How did you overcome that moment? Well, I knew I couldn't be too upset when they released me from The View because God had told me, and I'm, I have to go spiritual in my career because that is the number one who has made it happen. But God had said to me very clearly that last year of The View, it's time to go. Mm. It's time to move. And when I told my people, my team, that I was going to quit The View. Everybody went into an uproar. Oh, my God, you won't be able to get a talk show. It takes a year to develop. You're making amazing money, and I was. You're making all of this money. You're not going to, nobody in Hollywood knows you. No, 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 you can't, you can't. And I said, no, God was very clear. It is time for me to go. It was the year that Barbara Walters was retiring. And then once um, I was clear on that, they kept trying to give me more money at The View to keep me, and I I continued saying no. 
And then, Rashawn, once it happened that I saw I was going to go through a very messy divorce, mm-hmm. I got scared. And I said, ooh, this is going to be expensive and messy. I'm going to stay at the view and take the big old salary uh, raise they gave me. Well, do you know, when God says it's time to go, <laughs> if you don't do it, he's going to push you out of it. Right. Because he said it was time to go. Mm-hmm. And so... They released, they did not renew Jenny McCarthy's contract. They let go of uh, Barbara Walters' co-creator, Bill Getty. It was a number of people that they were letting go. And I'm I'm praying with everybody. I'm like, you know what, Jenny, it's going to be okay. God's going to give you something better. Right. You know what, Bill Getty, is going to be okay. And then I, they called me in the office. They said, Sherry Shepard, we need to see you. And I was like, for what? <laughs> I went in there and they said, um, they said we're going to release you from your contract. And I went, you going to do what? And they said, we're, we're not going to renew your contract. And I, I said, but you were, you get, you just were trying to give me a big salary bump. And they said, no, it, it, things are different now, and we're not going to renew. And I remember I was sitting in my dressing room in front of the mirror, and I said, Lord, I'm about to go through this divorce. I got a child with special needs, his therapy, his schooling. Did I tell you I'm about to get divorced, and this is going to cost me a lot of money? Right. And it was so still the voice of God saying, I told you it was time to go. So if I got to push you out, it's time to go. And I said, uh, well, then what am I supposed to do, God? Because I don't know if I told you. I'm getting a divorce. Sometimes you've been talking to God like he didn't hear you. Right. <laughs> and um, I just felt God say, do you trust me? Right. And I said, um, not really. I just I got this much, this end of trust. And it was like I felt like God saying, that's all I need. And that was it. Uh, but Rashawn, literally two weeks later, I don't even think it was two weeks, Will Packer called me and he said, hey, lady, it was probably two in the morning. I got a role for you in, in um, Ride Along too. Would you play this part? I said, yes. A week before that, Cinderella on Broadway called and said, we want you to play the evil stepmother. Kiki Palmer is playing Cinderella. You were the first black evil stepmother on Broadway. I said, I can't sing. They said, don't worry. We took away all your solo. You're just going to sing with Kiki and other and your stepdaughters. I said, yes. I did a month run, got to stay in a big penthouse. They paid me a lot of money to be on Broadway and, and, and went through a very expensive divorce. But God always provided. So that's how I, yes, it was, it was a little embarrassing, but I knew behind it, right. there was a reason why they let me go. So sometimes I think we look at things like, oh my God, what am I going to do? This is horrible. How am I going to bounce back? But if God says it's time to go, then there's something else that he has. So with that, I went again around to Hollywood pitching a talk show and everybody said no, Rasan. Absolutely. Let everybody know I'm talking to the one and only Sherry Shepard. She is, she's talking about her history, but she now is the new queen of daytime talk. If you haven't seen the show, it's called Sherry. NAACP Image Award winning show that won this year. And now she's telling us her journey. Her journey is one of, I said early, if you have a gift, leave with your gift. And that's what she's doing. And when people told her, her friends, her family, her coworkers told her to stay on The View. She knew it was time to do to leave. That's why I say, if you have a plan, you have a dream, stick with it. And that's what she's telling us now. Continue your story. Well, I was pitching a talk show. I had the vision in my head, and everybody was not interested. Everybody said no. They kept saying no. So I said, well, what, do you, what am I supposed to do? I kept acting, but I kept honing my skills. I would go, I, I would go on talk shows and, again, be a guest right? so that I could hone those skills. And I think um, after that, I just started doing, like, game shows. I was hosting the Newlywed game. I was hosting another game show where I got to hone my skills and just, like, being able to improv and talk to people. I kept doing stand-up. All of these things really prepped me for being able to do a talk show. Stand-up, I stand on stage for 45 minutes. You know, you you handle stand-up. Absolutely. I I saw you when you was opening for Kim, that Kim tour, which was selling out everywhere. When I was opening for Kim and Babyface. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. When you stand on stage, you have to talk for 45 minutes. And I always tell people, stand-up comics make the best talk show hosts because we know how to create magic where there is none. There's no dead space with a stand-up comic. We're used to improving. We're used to making things funny. And uh, everybody is continued to say no. I continue my acting career flourished. And uh, after that, what happened was I think around 2000. 
2009, um, Wendy Williams was uh, in, we, we knew that she was sick, but we didn't know she was in rehab. Mm-hmm. And I was filming a movie with Atheon Crockett in D.C. And the Wendy Williams show called. Now I have been a guest on her show. There's even a clip of me on YouTube of Wendy saying, what do you want to do? And I said, Wendy, I want my own talk show. Maybe we can call it Sherry. That's <laughs> on YouTube. Wow. Wow. So you know, I'm wow. it into existence. I'm right on the couch and I go, maybe we can call it Sherry. And she laughed. And so they called me to be, they, when they, people were filling in for Wendy, they had panels of comics. Now, this is in 2009. In. This is in 2009. This 2009. Wow. And they wanted me to be a part of a panel. And I remember Michael Yo and different comics were filling in at one time for Wendy, kind of like a view like panel. And so when they called me, Something inside of me said, say no. And I said, no, I will, I will host if you let me do it by myself and give me two days, Monday and Tuesday, because Monday is your highest rated day because so much stuff happens over the weekend and people want to see what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. And they said, absolutely not. You, you'll be a part of a panel. And I said, no. And I walked away. And I remember saying, Atheon, I hope I did the right thing, but I know I came from doing The View. So I know I could do it by myself. It's been my dream. They didn't call me for about two or three weeks. Kiki Palmer hosted it by herself. There were only four people that did it. Michael Rappaport hosted it by himself. Jerry O'Connell hosted it by himself. And me. And they called me back and they said, we'll let you host it for two days by yourself, Monday and Tuesday. And uh, I was so nervous. But when I tell you the ratings were amazing when Mm. I hosted it. Mm. They they called me really before I had even left New York, and they said, can you host again the entire week? By the time I got <laughs> back to my hotel to change, they had canceled it. They canceled me hosting. They showed reruns. But what they did do is Debmar Mercury offered me a talk show back in 2009, and it didn't happen. When I tell you, Rashawn, I literally was like, God, what is going on? <laughs> 2009. We negotiated the salary. We had everything together. I knew what I would do with this talk show. Denmark Mercury had they uh, it, it, and it just they pulled the contract literally before I was supposed to sign it. Wow! And I'm going, what in the world? I you remember know, that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Ugly cry, not running down my nose. My ratings were amazing for those two days. No reason. My team just goes. They just pulled the contract. They rescinded the offer. So I go again to Hollywood, pitching as my demo reel was me filling in for Wendy. And I took it around, and one lady even said, a big casting director, there's a big talk show on the air now that they produce. She looked at me, and she said, I said, I got the sizzle reel, because it kind of shows what I want to do for my own talk. She said, I don't need to see it. And I said, but I, I really need you to see it. She goes, I don't, and she did her hand, like, dismissively. Dismissively, like, I don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very dismissively. She said, I don't need to see it. And she proceeded to tell me about a new talk show they had picked up and that they had picked up this other talk show with a, a, a singer from a, a music show. And it was amazing. And, you know, and she was like, maybe I could put you on a talk show where it's four, three cooks and you learn how to cook <laughs> with America with the red. And I'm like, I don't cook. Uh, that is very true. Be- hey, hey, Sherry, hold on that thought. We're going to be right back because I'm telling you, you want to hear about the uh, Too Funny Mama's tour, that podcast. want to hear about all her opportunities. More importantly, Sherry, you're following your dreams. You're living your dream. That's what your show, Money Making, Money Making Conversation Masterclasses, all the time. <laughs> Letting people that in your darkest moment keep dreaming. In your darkest moment, keep winning. Because people out there will find you because they believe in you. And God has blessed you because you willing to put in the work. Be right back with more Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Don't go, don't go nowhere. Share Shepherd. be right back. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. This week I sat down with media mogul, Hollywood executive, and philanthropist Nick Cannon. Although the former child star has experienced a long career of success with no signs of slowing down, he explains why he's so passionate about creating opportunities for others. 
It's all about the community for me. It's about giving other people opportunities. It's about opening doors and sharing the knowledge, wealth, and wisdom that I've obtained with everyone else. Right. I mean, you know, obviously I'm still in school. Hopefully, you know, I, I'll be able to, you know, HU, Howard University. I, I want to go all the way. I'm getting my master's. want to go to my doctorate mm-hmm. and eventually be a professor. Uh, and, and teach the things that I've, I've, I've picked up along the way. Uh, but it's all about the community, whether it's teaching, whether it's entertaining, whether it's investing into us. If you want to listen to this full interview with Nick Cannon, it's available on MoneyMakingConversations.com. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass, hosted by Rashawn McDonald. Uh, welcome back. This is Rashawn McDonald. I'm, interview- I'm interviewing Sherry Shepard, the new queen of daytime talk. It's not something that thought that she just thought of last week. It's something that's been in her mind for a long time. You know, to be able to, what, what, can a dream come true? Yes, if you put the work in. Can a dream come true? Yes, if you believe in it. Yes, if you keep telling people this is something you want to do. Sherry, there was a doubters. There was people who questioned you. At what point did you and yourself realize, you know, some, I'm going to trust me. I'm going to trust Sherry Shepard. You know, at what point, I just, I, I, I believed always, even when I got let go from The View. I knew I had something to offer. I just knew I needed one person to believe in me. And and no matter that I kept getting no's, yes, it hurt. Yes, I cried. But I knew that that God didn't put this dream inside of me. Right. And have me doing and be and me being so good at it that it would fall to the wayside. And I knew I had to hold on to that dream despite what it looked like. Because like I said, when I ran around this, this the last time in Hollywood and everybody was saying no, Rashawn, there was one network <laughs> that I went to and the woman said to me, she was the head of the network and they didn't have any talk shows. And she said, I, I got chills watching you fill in for Wendy in 2009. She said, I, I love the sizzle reel. I'm the one that makes the decisions. And I knew before I walked out of the room that I had the deal for my own talk show. Do you know, six weeks later, they called my team and they said, nope, we're going to go with another woman. Uh, we think she's amazing and wow. we're not going to do serious. Wow. And I go, what happened to the lady? She got chills. Right. And when I say that was when I sat out and I cried again. And I said, I said, Lord, this is too painful. Right. This dream, I can see it in my mind of what I want to do. And it's so painful the nose that I'm going to, I'm going to focus on my acting and let you bring this back to me. Um, you know, because I just don't want to, I don't want to think about it. Which basically you're telling everybody, you didn't just sit around and sulk. You didn't sit around going, Oh, this is, this is the end of the road because you and I were talking all the time, you know, because at the time that whole 2012 to 2015, 16, you know, Steve Harvey and I was up in Chicago. We would invite you onto the show as a guest and we would talk about the the acting opportunities and you were, you were staying focused. You were letting the good in you, the success in you to keep moving you forward and not waddling around in the what ifs. No, I didn't. And I remember doing um, um, the Steve Harvey show. And I remember you guys were flying me out there. And I remember you would be so encouraging to me. And you would tell me how good I was. I, the one thing I know I was, I'm a great guest. Yes, you are. Yes, do, you are. <laughs> this is a, the mark of a great guest is you don't, the, the talk show hosts don't have to do any work. They can literally sit back and enjoy you. And that's one of the things that I knew as soon as I stepped out on a couch and somebody had to interview me, just be quiet and let me go and right. just enjoy the show. And um, I just started, I really, my acting took off. I was a regular in sitcoms and doing movies and critically acclaimed movies. And what happened was out of the blue, when I tell you out of the blue, I got a call. Uh, not only was I co-hosting, they asked me back to co-host for a week, The View. I hadn't been on The View for three years. And they called me and they said, could you just sit in uh, for an entire week? So that was amazing. I got to sit in for an entire week and I got a phone call from Debmar Mercury and they said, could you fill in for a week? Now at the time, oh, I I didn't even say this. I had gone to Dish Nation. They wanted me to be a co-host in Atlanta. And I said, no, I'm not moving to Atlanta. I'm staying in LA. If If you'll let me do it in LA, I'll think about it. And I met with the, the Dish Nation folks, which is owned by Fox. By Fox, absolutely. Fox Entertainment. Steve Brown over there, Fox. Mm-hmm. Steve Brown. And I remember 
being in the meeting, Rashawn, and we're talking, talking, talking. And I said to them, well, my ultimate goal, I, I you know, being a co-host is great, but my ultimate goal is I want my own talk show. And they said to me, they go, well, Nick Cannon has a show, so we really don't have a space <laughs> for another talk show. And I go, Nick Cannon. <laughs> now, this is the reason why and I, Nick Cannon and I, we love each other. Well, I know Nick. You know that. Out Nick Cannon. Well, I said it was because the people who who filled in from Wendy by themselves, they all got a show. Kiki Palmer went on to co-host with uh, Michael Strahan right, and G- Sarah Haynes. GMA3. She got that gig and right after filling in for Wendy. Michael Rappaport got, I think he did a pilot uh, for a talk show. It didn't go. Jerry O'Connell did a six-week test run, remember? Absolutely. For uh, his talk show. Mm-hmm. Those three, they all had a chance. Like, and so Nick Cannon also, he filled in by himself, so it was five of us. So when they said Nick Cannon had a show, I was like, Everybody who feels in got something. <laughs> and literally, I went, they said, yeah, Nick Cannon's his show's coming out, so we don't really have the space for another talk show. And uh, But we wanted to be on Dish. Now, I accepted Dish Nation. Thank goodness, because as soon as I accepted it, uh, quarantine happened. So they, they had already That's signed the right. contract. That's right. That's right. Right. But when they said Nick Cannon, and it just, it was a representative of everything that, like, I could see my dream, but I'm going, Lord, everybody else is getting it but mm-hmm. me. Right. And I went downstairs in the parking lot, and I started crying again. And my manager started crying, too. And I looked at him, and I go, what are you crying for? <laughs> and he says, I'm crying because you're making me cry. And I go, well, get, get. I don't like, I'm just like, rich white man, I don't like seeing cry. And I go, you don't, you don't need to be crying. You're getting commission, you're fine. So after that happened, I stayed on Dish Nation, which prepared me again. It did. It because did. I was at home by myself reading a prompter. And also, once we got back in the studio, reading a prompter by myself. But you would think that I was really um, interacting with the Atlanta crew, Brat and Headcrack and all of them. So reading that prompter helped me uh, tell a story like a bunch of people are in the room. So that prepared me. So when the when the offer came from Detmar for me to fill in, I was on the View guest co-hosting, and they called Detmar Mercury and said, "Could you fill in for a week?" Uh, I ended up filling in for a week, and they kept asking me to come back for another week. Dish Nation was getting mad, and they were saying, "Hey, hey, wait a minute, hold on." They said no. I said, "Lord, you got to work it out. If this is from you, then you will work it out." Then all of a sudden, Dish Nation would say, "Go ahead and do another couple weeks." Uh, Ellen called me. I hadn't been on the Ellen show in 12 years. And then she called and she said, I want you to come back for my last season. Wow. And then, but then I was supposed to uh, sit in for a week with Debmar Mercury, who did the Wendy show. And they said, absolutely not, because we've had you uh, to sit in. And I said, Lord, if this is what I'm supposed to do, you'll work out both. Rashawn, do you know they worked it out? So I was able to do Ellen. I hadn't sat in her seat for 12 years, and I still was able to go to New York. And my ratings were so high when I filled in for Wendy. And I said, Lord, I'm just going to leave it to you. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do what you created me to do. And then they came through with the offer for me to have my own talk show. Congratulations. The same offer that they come back with in 2009. More money. More money. <laughs> more money. Then you got to know your worth. Oh, you and, the, and, the and number one, number one, I know you, we, we text each other all the time. You text me, Rashad, look at this. I'm number one in women. Then number one talk, daytime talk show host. And, but that doesn't stop you. I'm just telling you something about her. You know, she has a movie she's going to do this summer. But more importantly, she's doing a comedy tour with the incredibly yeah. funny actress, Kim Whitley, who I also have known for many, many years. Two, yes. mo- Two Funny Mamas podcast, which started basically on the Tom Jonas show, correct? That's when you guys got together as a duo, and yes. now you're turning into the podcast. It has won back-to-back NAACP awards for, uh, uh, Image Awards for Outstanding Podcasts. So what, yeah. is this, what is this tour? Y'all doing stand-up? What are y'all doing out there? We decided to. It took me three years to get this girl to do a podcast with me, and she finally said yes, and we were doing that during the quarantine. We just wanted to make people laugh. And it's been so successful, and we've won the NAACP Image Awards. I said, Kim, we got to take this on the road because I don't know any duo that can get on stage and stand there for an hour and mm-hmm. just talk 
mm-hmm. to each other? And she said, yes. So we're, we're doing some test dates to see how it goes, if we can stand each other for a, a three consecutive weekends. And if we do that, we will continue this tour. And so we're, we're, you, you can go to SherryShowTV.com to find out where we're going to be. We're going to be in New Brunswick, New Jersey, Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, and Wilmington, Delaware. And so you SherryShowTV.com to find out exactly where the theaters are. And we're just doing stand-up. And we both are stand-up comics. We love doing stand-up. So to be able to go out there and take this experience live to folks, those shenanigans, I'm so excited. Well, I'm just, I, I got to ask this, because both of you two are brilliant improvers. Y'all, yeah. Do y'all do any of that? Do y'all come back on stage together, or it's just one does a set and then the other does a set? How does that work as far as stand-up? It's not. When I say we've been doing the improvs and we get on stage and we get up and uh, we did a live stream during quarantine and, you know, so people could see us. We did almost 90 minutes improv on stage together. Wow. Just talking. Now what we do is we come on stage together for about 15 minutes and we really got to be strict because Kim and I can talk for two days. Right. We come on for about 15 minutes. Kim, uh, I leave. I introduce Kim. She does stand up for about 20, 30 minutes. I come back and I do usually about 20 or 30 minutes as well. Then we do a Q&A together. And we're on stage probably, we're on stage until they say, this is a union um, theater. <laughs> you got to leave. Absolutely. Like we, will just, we will just talk together. And we take questions from the audience. And it's just a really great night. Well, tell us again, how can we find out about the dates and give us the three dates again? That Right now, tell everybody, this is an initial okay. start of a great stand-up comedy tour. Stand-up comedy. Both of yes, them are it doing is. a live stand-up comedy tour. It's called Two Funny Mamas, starring exactly. Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. Tell us those dates. Tell us where we can go and look, get more information about tickets. May 19th, we are in New Brunswick, New Jersey. May 20th, we are in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. May 21st, we are in Wilmington, Delaware. You can go to SherryShowTV.com and buy a ticket. And this weekend, I'm at the City Winery in Chelsea Piers in New York. If you're in New York, March 31st. And May 4th, I'm also at the City Winery in New York. Um, on What did I say? On May 4th, right. if you're in town. So those are the stand-up days. But can I just thank you? For when I got this talk show, of course, now that I have it, when they offered it to me, and I said yes. I was like, Rashad, oh, they actually gave it to me. They, you know, and I'm thankful you said to me, who is your audience? Who are you? Who are you talking to? And it really made me sit down and go, who am I? Mm-hmm. And that is that is informed every decision I make. Because remember, I said I didn't know what I was doing 18 years ago. Right. Today. I know how I, I can say no. I know who I'm talking to, who my audience is. We're number two. We tie with Dr. Phil for uh, women, 25 to 54, right behind Re, uh, Kelly and um, Ryan, and number one new talk show. So I know from you saying, Sherry, who are you? Who are you talking to? I'm a single mom. I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. I'm, I am divorced. I was married once. I'm a woman who came up. Who went? Who was down and got back up? That's who I'm talking to. I'm a woman in her fifties. I'm talking to women also who are trying to redo their life and reinvent themselves. That's who I'm talking to. So I know when when somebody comes to me with a cockamamie idea, twenty one year old girl pouring beer over her breast. <laughs> that's not me. Absolutely. Maybe that's from another show. That ain't me. That that's is not, not my you. Audience. That is not you. She's the incredible Sherry Shepard. You know, I, I, you're a friend, and you know I, I love you to death, and I know we text back and forth the good times yes. and the bad times that we've had in our career, but right now it's the yes. good times, and congratulations, and you know I'm going to help you on that comedy tour because guess what? The world needs to see Two Funny Mamas starring Kim Whitley and the incredible Sherry Shepard. Thank you for calling my show, Sherry. I love you, Rashawn. Appreciate you, and we talk soon, okay? All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cool. Melanie Brown, she's on call. She's on hold right now. If you don't know who Melanie Brown is, she's the Associate Vice President of Consumer Media Content at Blavity. Blavity. B-L-A-V-I-T-Y Incorporated. Don't go nowhere. She's fantastic. This is a great show that we're enjoying ourselves on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Be right back with Sean McDonald. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass. 
You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Attorney Benjamin Crump is a nationally recognized trial lawyer. He recently led the George Floyd's family legal team. Attorney Benjamin Crump once told me that anyone should sit in a courtroom during a trial and you will clearly see there are two systems of justice. Just because they say it's legal, that doesn't mean it's right. Everything Hitler did to the Jews in Germany was legal, but that didn't make it right. Slavery was legal, but that didn't make it right. And they try to tell us what they did to Trayvon Martin and Breonna Taylor and Eric Gardner and so many others was legal. But I stand on my bullet pulpit every chance I get to remind America, No matter what you say is legal, that doesn't make it right. If you want to hear this full interview with attorney Benjamin Crump, visit MoneyMakingConversation.com. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass, hosted by Rashawn McDonald. Hi, welcome back to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I enjoy doing this show. I enjoy doing it because I hopefully bring guests and allow them to talk and tell their stories. Because we all know a People Magazine story or a social media story, but that behind the scene conversation is what I try to create on this show. So you can get a, a kind of like an eye of, wow, that's how they, that's how it happened. That's how I was able to make that career change happened that way Well, my next guest is that same way her name is melanie brown she is the associate vice president of consumer media content at blavity a corporation that builds solutions for black and multicultural audiences and enterprises who want to reach them she explained to her, explained to us exactly what all that means because it's important because multicultural or black understanding who your voice is and the community out there is kind of like dissecting it and telling you where you should go and where you cannot do as part of her role, Melody leads innovative editorial franchises and verticals with a focus on driving affiliate revenue. It's all about money. This includes integrated strategic strategies focused on inspiring and engaging audience in a way that constantly drives action. She's going to tell us about all the projects, the travel magazines she's involved in. She's on the show to discuss how she drives that revenue in the ever-changing world that we live in. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Melody Brown. How you doing, Melody? Hey, Rashawn, it's so great to be here. I'm really excited about this conversation. I mean, following Sherry, I'm hyped. <laughs> well, well, you know, Sherry, I, I, I was, I, was, I said, I think Sherry will keep talking, but I got Melody on hold. And <laughs> no so, worries. No, no, you know, because I feel fortunate to have not only her on the show, but you on the show because of the fact that you drive a different medium in this business, and we're always talking about what can I, what kind of business can our, what kind of careers can our children have of color, and then we know in this industry, there's a general tendency to believe that we only do a certain type of uh, career choices. And when you when, when we discuss what you're doing, I wanted you to first explain to everybody what you do, and then we're going to talk about how did you get there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Rashawn. I'm currently, as you mentioned, the Associate Vice President of Consumer Media at Blavity. So what does that mean? That means basically I lead all of the content strategy for our commerce. So when you're talking about shoppable content, things that you see online on our website, as well as content that includes lifestyle, trending, topical stories for our brands, which include Travel Noir, that's our vacation brand, 2190, which is like our lifestyle, beauty, um, wellness brand, and then our newest brand, which just launched two months ago, Home and Texture, which is our home decor inspiration brand. So that's my role there at Blavity. Okay, that's your role there at Blavity. But we know you're one of these people. You 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 just as uh, <laughs> just as worse. I won't say worse because it's a compliment when you develop multiple streams of income. Because yeah. not only that, but you're you're also involved in slime. Slime. <laughs> I feel like who's who's releasing the secrets to you, Sean? <laughs> well, who's you know, you, this money, come on. You you know the title of the show: <laughs> Money Making Conversation Masterclass. <laughs> I bring on people who can tell you how you can sit up here and say, what do I do with 24 hours? You listen to my show and you hear people tell you what you do with your 24 hours. So tell us about this slime in your life. Yeah. So this is a slime that kind of started my life, if you will. So years and years ago, I uh, graduated from the University of Central Florida, which is based in Orlando, where I live. Right. And got an internship at Nickelodeon Studios, which was based here at the time. And they did a reboot. For those back in the day who remember Double Dare, which was like this kids game show that was messy, like slides, gooeyness, et cetera. 
And part of my responsibilities as a intern starting out, besides craft services, that basically is like today's DoorDash and Uber Eats. For those who don't know, mm-hmm. I had to make slime for the show. Okay, now you had to and, make slime. <laughs> See, I always tell people like my first job. My first job was was uh, unloading trucks. I tell people I unload trucks. I realized that once they put me on the back of a truck that had one thousand intertubes that were fifty pounds each. After that job right there, I realized that's not my career. That's not my career. Now you were doing making slime. <laughs> Melanie. I was, How was do you make slime? Life. Listen, I don't know if I can reveal all the things, but I will say it's all edible. And there are two different versions at that time that they were using. One was kind of a pudding base and one right. was almost like this thick applesauce base uh-huh. and then other ingredients to, you know, mix it together and, it would go on different slides and different styrofoam toys, et cetera, for the game. But that was, yeah, that was starting out. And I will say, like, when you start out in a career in an industry, sometimes, you know, like the song goes, start from the bottom, now we hear it. Sometimes you have to get your foot in the door. And honestly, it was such a cool, fun time to be in that environment fresh out of college. I enjoyed it. Well, one, you didn't have to travel across country to get into the Hollywood. You were involved in a in the early stages of creativity. You see where, okay, this is how people co- create content. This is how people reach a certain audience. That was a very strong and powerful learning curve for you because you know they was reaching a certain audience with this show. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so interesting you say that. That was kind of my first making of, like, media. But then my career, as far as starting out my full-time gig, did kind of a parallel pivot. I started out full-time in TV news. So I started as an associate producer at the ABC station here in Orlando, which means I was writing, I was editing for various newscasts. Sometimes my shift would be early in the morning, talking about the crack of dawn, I would have to get in at 3 a.m. Then sometimes I would have to fill in at night. And then, you know, worked my ranks up, transitioned to the NBC station in Georgia, where I worked up the ranks to executive producer. And basically, that's the person who's in charge of all of the newscasts, creating content and storytelling. And after about 10 years into that, Rashawn, you know, I got to the point where I love storytelling, but I was over breaking news, crime and destruction content. Love storytelling, but that was no longer for me after right. doing it for 10 years. Wow. And so then an opportunity presented itself for me to enter this, you know, well-known hospitality company to create content from a publishing perspective, doing their digital magazines, video content, and marketing campaigns. And I did that for several years. And then that brings me to Blavity. Several months well, ago. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Melody. Now, I'm talking to Melanie, the Associate Vice President of Consumer yeah. Media Content at Blavity. Okay, we talked about slime, because, you know, I got to bring everybody up to speed. They might just roll into this conversation. <laughs> slime. Slime in an ice machine. Some story like that. We're talking about slime. Time. On the, slime time. Right. And, you know, what, what was your degree in? It was in radio, TV, communications. That okay. was my degree from the University of Central Florida. Okay, so, but now you're talking about, you, you were talking about marketing. You was talking about news. So these were areas where, where they, would you say they were tied to your degree or you were just taking the opportunity and making the best of it? TV news was definitely tied to my degree. You know, during mm-hmm. my college years back in the day, we would do kind of a, you know, on-campus newscast. And right. so at the time, Rashawn, I was like, I want to be on air. I want to be a reporter. I want to be an anchor. And I work through that. And when the Nickelodeon position opportunity came for intern, I was like, oh, well, this is another avenue to venture out. But it wasn't until I got the position, you know, my first full-time gig as an associate producer, where I was like, you know what? I like this writing thing. I like being able to put newscasts together, to put shows together, to lead teams. So it changed for me. You know, I will say one of the things for anybody who's fresh out of college or who's either doing a trade or looking to get into the industry, be open-minded. Because here's the thing the position or the role you think you may want, try things out and you may surprise yourself and actually find out you're actually better and blessed in another area. Right. And I've learned that, you know, people always talk about how I do a lot of different things. I've done a lot of different things in my life and I will do a lot of things in my life. I always tell people that I give a hundred percent when the opportunity is presented to me and I, and I will pivot when that opportunity feels very comfortable and enjoyable. Because I'm always intrigued. I'm always ready to accept the challenge. And that seems to be a path in your life. You know, you're not intimidated by change. And a lot of people are. Absolutely. I think you have to kind of go with your gut. 
same reason I said, you know, after TV news, love storytelling. But I'm like, you know, this is not the type of stories I want to tell. And then moved to hospitality. And then several months ago, I saw an opportunity at Blavity Inc. that interests me. And right. even more so, the fact that the company is all in, Rashawn, all in when it comes to black and multicultural customers. Mm-hmm. You know, that stood out to me because in my 20-year career, I've never, ever work for a company where diversity, equity, inclusion goes beyond like HR policies or social injustice moments. That's literally Blavity's brand. And it just jumped out at me. And, you know, I leaped at the opportunity. I was glad that they had me. So Mm -hmm. as you said, you know, my career has had different, you know, paths and parallels all in communication or storytelling to some degree, but it's so broad. And, and I'm just so excited about what's still to come with my time here at Blavity. Well, you know, it's really interesting because Blavity, you know, is an is a, a, a industry um, medium that, and that has a voice for us, you know, because we realize today how important that voice plays out because so many people are trying to shift the narrative of what really is black culture or black history. Now, what is the importance of your role I know you're involved in, you know, different brands and different scales mm-hmm. at Blavity. What is your role when you're talking about storytelling and making it authentic and making it accurate? I think for me, my role is like listening to our customers, see what's resonating with them, see where they are in the journey. I think, for example, our newest brand, Home and Texture, sometimes, Rashawn, when people think about millennials, they're like, oh, they're these young kids in their 20s. No, millennials are straight up mid-30s plus early 40s they're setting up roots they're becoming entrepreneurs they're buying homes Mm -hmm. they're traveling um they're interested about their health and wellness and so those are the pieces of content and the storytelling that i want to tell for our audience like where are they in the various funnels of journey also black and multicultural folks we're not monolithic right we're not the same there are some folks even when you talk about home, right? Home ownership. That can be a condo. That could be a um, remodeled home. That could be a new spec home. That can be an apartment. Like there's different variables and variations to what it means to set up roots in your home. And those are the stories we want to tap into. Absolutely. Uh, When we come back, I want to talk about more in the travel aspect, because I think that's where the African-American community has grown so much in travel mm-hmm. because you know, I grew up in the area, you know, you hop in the back of the car with mom, you just go down to your cousins in the next state and that was your vacation or that was your extent of traveling. Well, we're world travelers now in the African-American community, the community of color. When we come back, we'll ask Melanie about that and we also talk about home and texture, why that brand is so special. Be right back with more Money Making Conversation Masterclass with the queen. I had the queen of talk show, now I got the queen of blavity. Melanie no, Brown. No, no, no. <laughs> Maybe more of a princess. A princess, a princess, princess, the princess. Okay, okay. we'll be right back with the princess of Blavity, Melanie Brown. <laughs> Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rushan McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 1 million plus social media followers are female. Rushan's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, and former IBM executive. And he has a degree in mathematics. More importantly, Rushan McDonald will interview his business and celebrity relationships to empower you with tips to succeed in your career that you can only hear in the Money Making Conversations Masterclass show. Welcome back to the Money Making Conversations Masterclass hosted by Rashawn McDonald. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. You know, you know, you always try to hype yourself up, try to hype your show up, try to make it, you know, as big as it, as possible. See, I got the queen and the princess on my show today. The queen of daytime talks, the princess of blavity. Now, when I talk about the blavity, I'm talking about an e-commerce brand that is totally focused on the African-American community from a standpoint of travel as far as home and texture. Talk to us about that brand and what makes that so special. And then we're going to go back to travel. Okay. Sure, sure. So in talking about home and texture, you know, it's about our community. The brand launched two months ago. And we know the home buying and designing industry generates millions, Rashawn, upon millions of dollars. But none of that goes really all in for us, right? So when we're talking about homeowners, home seekers, and designers, 
And that demographic is setting up roots. It's one of the reasons we chose to have the Home and Texture launch party event in Atlanta at the Garden Room last month. When you talk about the Black home buying journey, the ATL is one of the cities experiencing significant growth. Plus, not only is this brand sharing information that's really unique to our community, so whether it's disparities in mortgage lending, how to embrace your personal style and culture, you know, and bring light to your space, but also giving a platform to entrepreneurs in this space. So, Rashawn, when we're talking about real estate agents and designers, matter of fact, today we just launched our social first series called Home and Texture House Tours, which is so amazing. It features four fabulous designers from the Memphis area showcasing their homes. Um, and so for listeners listening who want to check that out, go to homeandtexture.com. But what I'm excited about this brand is that it's showing how we are building equity as a community. Wow. You know, I, 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 I tend to believe, like I, I've been in a person who has been, been in the home buying industry. I've been out there trying to buy the right furniture, trying to get to the right mm-hmm. uh, subcontractor, trying to. But then when you look at TV, these uh, do-it-yourself shows, our, our vision or our color isn't always showcased. What 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 role and why is that? Why there's such a popularity? There's such a need for what you we launched just two months ago. Yes, we saw that it was definitely an empty space. You know, we talk about Blavity, the queen of Blavity. She'd she'd probably you know disagree with me, but I think she is. Is Morgan DeBond, our CEO? She is so forward thinking as well as our executives about where can we spread our Blavity Inc. influence? Right. And we saw the need. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, for those just joining the conversation, that when you're talking about millennials, they're not babies. These are folks who are making money, good money, right. who are looking to buy homes, who are like in, looking to even buy second homes, right, investment homes. And we feel like there needs to be an avenue and a vehicle to them um, or a vehicle for them, and not just how they design their home, but even the nuances of insurance. You know, one of the stories I tell, you know, my team members is like when me and my husband bought our home, you know, it's little things. We have all of these windows. I'm like, oh, we need curtains and window treatments. Like it's just even from large to insurance and lending to kind of those, you know, smaller things that you don't think about. And we're trying to fill that space because there is obviously a need for it with this demographic. Well, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, you learn so much about home buying. And, you know, like all African-Americans, I started in my little apartment. I remember my very first Mm -hmm. apartment. It was kind of like a studio, had that little wall. It wasn't really a a one-bedroom because if you looked around the wall, it didn't have a door. But I was happy in my little seven hundred square feet. I was was rocking and rolling in there. It was yours. It was mine. It was was mine. You know, technically, in rent, it was mine. And then what you do realize is that we are renting all the time. And really, when you do the math and you take care of your credit, then you can become take that rent and turn it into a mortgage. And then you have equity. And that's the part of the conversation I really love about when you talk about home and texture, because it, 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 it educates a process to you that you may not be thinking about. And it's also when you talk about millennials, I think the, the media has has time time trapped millennials to some some 25 to 27 year old mm-hmm. person who who wants to skip the line and wants to wants to well, don't want to work hard. That's what the millennials have been trapped into that world. Like you said, excuse me, that's not us. That's not us. We're home buyers. You know, we buy stock. We, we worry about our retirement, and we make a contribution to society. And that's that's the stereotype that you're denouncing right now, and you're doing a very good job of it. But another stereotype that you're denouncing is the whole travel concept because mm-hmm. people like me, I'm older than you, so I know the traditional travel that we used to do. And um, and in the, the Europe travel wasn't part of my mantra, going out of town to Cancun wasn't part of it. Jamaica wasn't part of it. But now that's part of the regular routine. What excites you about that growing or very explosive component of your brand? You know, I think everything. I mean, in, in full transparency, Rashawn, like our vacations were at the time I lived in New York was taking a road trip down south. That's what we called it. <laughs> yep. To South Carolina yes. to visit family, which, you know, I loved at the time. But now when you look at travel, Yes, people want these international experiences, especially now post-COVID. People are trying to fly and get away. But also what we're finding out with our Blavity audience, particularly for Travel Noir, for that brand, is that they also want 
unique experiences where they don't feel like a tourist, right? So when somebody's traveling, whether it's going to um, D.C., they don't want to go to a chain restaurant. They want to have that localized experience where they feel like they're really being part of the community there. Yes, they like luxury. They like the finer things. Um, And even when those who want to road trip, like I said, Black and multicultural, our demographic's not monolithic. So one of the franchises that we're looking at is Hidden Gems. So these are those unique destinations, whether it's going to New Mexico or going up to Montana, that are very unique and also where Black and multiculturals feel they can be their authentic selves. You know, the, um, inter- the interesting thing about when I hear you talk about travel, and this is a little note about me. I used to be, a st- I used to do stand-up, and I used to stand up on cruise ships. I've, I've done performed on probably eight different cruise ships, eighty different, wow. eighty different cruise ships, and it was always funny because from from like September to April, the audience I had performing in front of me was white. When mm-hmm. it got May to September, the cruise ship was predominantly black. I don't care if it was, I don't care what cruise line it was, Norwegian, it was Royal Caribbean, that those are the two I dominantly performed on. But it was always letting me know that the black culture was very seasonal, very summer oriented when we did our vacation. And with Blavity, you're starting to open up those chains. As we wrap this interview, and I want to tell you, thank you for coming on the show. How can we get in touch with you? How can we learn more about and give us some websites of Blavity that we can, that we can go and start adding to that amazing website traffic that y'all have every month? Yes, absolutely. So for let's start with Home and Texture, our newest brand. You can follow us at Home and Texture. Um, also, our website, homeandtexture.com. Same handles for uh, Travel Noir, vacation brand, at Travel Noir, and at 2190. For me, just look me up. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Melody Bostic Brown. You can find me there. And, you know, I'm just excited about what's to come with Blavity and its house of brands. Because, again, Blavity Inc. has dozens of brands in the lifestyle space from travel to home decor to beauty to news and information to politics to entertainment, where we're serving up the content that we know our audience craves and needs. Well, you know, it's summer's coming. So I'm going to reach it's out coming. back to you, Miss Melody Bostic Brown, and we're going to talk about <laughs> travel, and we're going to call. I'm going to call you the princess and get you the right title. I'm bringing the princess back on the show from Blavity, and we're going to have a lot more fun. But again, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. You are fantastic. Thank you so much, Rashad. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Let me tell you about the Money Making Conversations Masterclass hosted by Rashawn McDonald. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, lead with your gifts. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. The interviews and information on his show are for everybody. Don't let change scare you. He's here to educate you because it's time to put your dreams into action. The show, Money Making Conversations Masterclass, interviews CEOs, small business owners, influencers, and celebrities. They share financial and career success tips with Rushan McDonald, which you can only hear in the Money Making Conversations Masterclass show. HBCUs represent black excellence. If you attend or are an alumnus of an HBCU, we want to hear about your story. The My HBCU Story Digital Library will allow current HBCU students and alumni to share their stories. Registration is open to everyone. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. Click My HBCU Story. Next, you can upload a photo. The photo can be recent or from when you attended your HBCU. Then, share your academic or social experience at your HBCU and how attending an HBCU changed your life. We also want to hear stories if you pledge a fraternity or sorority. The goal is to use your My HBCU story to promote and uplift the HBCU brand. Your HBCU prepared you for success and now we want everyone to read about your Black excellence. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. You can click My HBCU Story to share your Let story. Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rushan McDonald. He's a social media influencer. 80% of his 1 million plus social media followers are female. Rushan's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, and former IBM executive. And he has a degree in mathematics. 
More importantly, Rushan McDonald will interview his business and celebrity relationships to empower you with tips to succeed in your career that you can only hear in the Money Making Conversations Masterclass Show. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia. And you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.